Welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder LAFC Podcast. I am your host, Chris, with my co-host, Christian and Jonathan. And in studio today for episode 20, we have Chris Fajardo from Pride Republic. Welcome into studios, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, so I feel really left out as the only non-Chris in the room. I really feel like I'm surrounded by Chris's, and I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with this. Thank God Wilton Sound Engineer is here just to balance it out a little bit. You're, You're helping me out, buddy. Hey, we can get that changed, man. And all it is is just a few pieces of document paper, and we can get it squared away. Chrysothin yeah, sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> Chrysothin. Thanks again for everybody listening in. Real brief, if you guys uh, want to follow us on social media, at LAFCS2S is for Instagram and Twitter. And you can also uh, get some background on all of us and reach out to us on our websites, www.lafcs2s.com. And you can reach out to the people at Pride Republic at LAFC Pride Republic, and uh, this is a big, this is a a good timing for this uh, interview because this upcoming Friday, LAFC has a game against Montreal, and it is Pride Night, and uh, so that was part of the reason why we wanted to have someone from Pride Republic here, and they were generous enough to give us Chris. So thanks again. Yeah, no, so happy to be here. You know, we did have two games this past, and you know, we had Women's Night at the Bank this past Thursday, and we had a win over Dallas, and that was sweet. And then we flew to Dallas three days later, and we had a tie. So what were your guys' analysis of the uh, last two games? I thought, you know, in both games, if you accumulate all the chances we had, we were poor in finishing. Coming away with four points overall, though, over two matches with a Western Conference foe. And four not, days apart, right? And four days apart is not a bad statement to make in the West and to continue to be power rankings number one. Shield leader number one across the board. I think tactics were good. I mean, I think, look, if you have the Seattle match, four points from a home and away. Dallas, four points from a home and away. If we were to, at the beginning of the season, looking at those four games on paper, say we're going to take four points from both of them, I I think we'd have all been happy with that. The manner in which it went down once again was one in which we saw a ton of chances that were blown, but, you know, look, you created those chances. Um, Especially the Carlos Vela missed penalty kick penalty at the kick, beginning yeah. of uh, the away game in Dallas. That was, uh, I think he's two for four on the season, you know. I mean, granted, he doesn't have a lot of opportunities, but you would hope that somebody like Carlos would be able to put him in at a higher percentage than 50%. Yeah, I mean, look, he's put away penalty kicks for Mexico, so yeah. one would expect he should be able to do it for LAFC. So. And then also speaking of uh, international, you mentioned Mexico. We had five call-ups for right now for the preliminary 40-man rosters for this upcoming Gold Cup. Peter Lee Vassell is representing his country of Jamaica. Jamaica, and th- Jamaica. <laughs> and then we had Mark Anthony Kay and, oh no, we had six. Six with Djokovic. Yeah, J- Mark Anthony Kay and Djokovic going to Canada. And uh, then we had three boy- the same three guys for the U- U.S. men's national team. Christian Ramirez, Walker Zimmerman, and Tyler Miller. Go, Tyler. I'm really hoping that, uh, especially with uh, the injury to Zach Steffen, that I hope that uh, Tyler's able to get one of those. Yeah, Yeah, let's hope he had no more headlocks, Tyler. All right? Let's just leave that one behind, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he had some guile there because he could have easily gone a a yellow or a red almost because he was the last man when he made that mistake. I think he did get a yellow. Right. Well, he should have gotten a red, honestly, if the ref was true. To what the book the bookings should have been. But going back to the match, I will say what the game on Sunday made me realize firmly that 
is the starting lineup is with Blessing, K, and a twist in the middle. Like, those changes affected the match a lot. Nah, I don't know, man. I liked Andre Hortet. I didn't. I don't think no? he's... No? No, I didn't. Because I, defensively, he doesn't he doesn't sacrifice the same way. His that passing the other was three. over 90%. His, pla- his offensive passing as an offensive midfielder, yes, he's there. But then I don't think K is as comfortable going up the same way because he has to sit back more defensively because of Twesta wasn't there. So if it's a Twesta, K, and Orta, maybe. But I think that lineup with win, I think it's either going to be win or Orta or Blessing. Like you, It's going to be one of those three getting that spot. Well, I liked having Blessing up top. I liked having Blessing up top, and I did like having Orta, uh, uh, you know. I, I don't know, but I mean, I guess I'm also an Orta fan, so I'm hope, I'm really hoping that yeah. this, that things work out for him. He didn't play bad. I just think those that combination of three didn't work as well. He had two, three long balls yeah. that were beautiful. I mean, pinpoint accurate. One of them, you know, ended up yeah. causing the red card. Yeah, um, that's, that's true. So, I mean, yeah. I thought he played well. I do think there's the argument that him and Wynn as two offensive midfielders yeah. was a bit unbalanced. Right. But we didn't think we were going to need much in the way of defense for this game. And so I, I could see the decision to go with a more offensive-minded midfield. What ended up happening, of course, is that the passes were breaking down coming out of the back. So, I, I mean, there was there was a bit of a disconnect there, but you could see where Bob was going with the idea. But, yeah. I mean, looking at... The injuries in this last match and the call-ups, this is probably the midfield we're looking at for a while now. You know, no, so I, I, well, I think Atuesta is better than K in the deep in the hole. So they're gonna miss K for sure in the pressing, but I think Blessing can fill that void while he's gone, and then Ortar Win are gonna you know battle out for that third spot. I think the one thing that I think really bothered me about this last game was Vela being more central and not right. That's what I didn't like with Blessing being in because Blessing can't play central. So that took away a spot for Vela. So it's either going to be Ramirez or now it's going to be Dio. And Vela has to stay on the on the right side. I think Blessing is going to have to either play in the midfield or right, yeah, but right when, wing. Like when we bring Josh Perez in, he takes the right. And then we move Vela into the central anyways. And I think we're less efficient and less effective. I just think Vela is better yeah. on the right. And yeah. when he's in the center, that just takes away his best ability to have his right shoulder to goal and to curl that ball across. Yeah. And those are just observations. Do you have anything you wanted to add, Chris? No, I mean, I think everything you're saying is right. I mean, Vela, I think if you can get the ball to his feet and give him the space to take, just take on the goal, like he can make magic happen. But you can't expect it to happen every single time. Right. And I think that especially when you have games that are side by side, like you're going to see some fatigue and like stuff is going to happen. Right. I am curious, though. We've seen the uh, two times that LAFC has pretty much been stopped against Chicago and Vancouver, where they just parked the bus pretty much and just had, you know, seven to eight guys playing defense. I wonder if that that kind of tactic is going to be picked up more, uh, you know, because of all of these offensive threats. Well, Dallas kind of did that in this match. They just probably have one of the more skillful and fast counterattacks. They had two like back-to-back instances where one was a goal offside, and then they did it like two minutes later, and they scored. Well, I mean, their yeah. keeper absolutely saved. Oh my no, gosh, sure. he was yeah. out of his mind, man. That I mean, was without, awesome. That was, that was. We missed three or four wide open shots, yeah, and he saves a couple brilliant shots, and it could have been four or five, you know. Uh, so I mean, it's it, look, we still got a point on the road. Yeah, We're still. 
dominating in every statistical category one can dominate in. You know, Houston's really the only team that has a chance at, at giving us any kind of pressure from a supportive shield standpoint. So Seattle's there yeah, too. but there's still there's still a lot of season left also. Absolutely. You know, anything could happen. But I, I think we're also overlooking talking at, at all about the ambiance of the bank uh, this last Thursday. I mean, it was ladies' night, and it was a great opportunity for the uh, women capos to stand up, and, and they were the voice of the 32-52 for the whole game. I mean, yeah. that they led all the chants. They were the ones that were organizing when certain chants were going to be sung, and for all the people that were holding the flags, they were all women representatives from the supporter groups, and it was it was a great night. One thing I was really proud of, D9U made a commitment. There was nothing but women in the first three rows. Um, you know, there was a lot of women throughout the rest of the North End, but I was really, really hats off to Julio and Ray for that decision to put nothing but ladies in those front three rows, and that was a beautiful thing to see. And how about that TIFO, huh? Oh, Mia. Yeah. Oh, and Mia on the capo stand. Oh, oh that was man, so cool. that was awesome. It was, yeah, I mean, overall, overall it was a great night. You know, they had the, the Mia Ham equality shirts yeah, that they we were snagged. selling. Yeah. Yep, those were snagged. I got one for my wife, and it was. They were was, gone by the time I got there. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, that line that line was ridiculous. Hotcakes. And happy birthday, LAFC Juan brought us some yes. birthday cake while we were waiting in happy line for said Juan. shirt and scarf combo. So happy birthday to Juan. We love you, brother. That was so cool at the end of the game, too, when Juan got to go on the field and they did the shalala with him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, this club just gets it. They execute so many little things within the community so well. Um, you know, whether it's a ladies' night TIFO, whether it's, you know, Pride Night, like we're going to talk about in the stance that LAFC has had with, you know, this idea of inclusion in the community. But just little stuff like that. I mean, bringing LAFC Juan out for the Shalalas. I mean, that got to everyone in the stands. That was such an awesome thing. And it could have easily been, you know, bringing the female capos down and doing it too. They could have gone the ladies' night route. But him, for his birthday and, and the level of Awante that that kid brings is on another level. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But on that, you know, let's talk about Pride Republic and everything that all the strides that they've made and where they've come from the first season. And so, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, though, Chris, and tell us how you came to be a a soccer fan and where you're from. Yeah, sure. So I am originally from the San Francisco Bay Area. Grew up there. I moved to L.A. about five and a half years ago. I played soccer since I was four. So my dad moved here from Nicaragua. Um, he played when he was younger growing up. And so as soon as, literally as soon as I was born, there was a little soccer ball in my playpen. And so before I learned to run, I was actually balancing on the ball in the playpen, holding myself up, just like watching what was going on. Interesting. That's a baseball country too. Yeah, no, it totally is. But like he was, I mean, soccer was his passion. And so I remember like growing up, my dad would take, I have a younger sister who's two years younger than me. And he would take us both to the park Mm -hmm. and get a ball. And we'd be the three of us against every other kid that wanted to play. Because like he believed that every kid who wants to play should be able to play. And so he made the space for it and always made sure that like we were able to be out there and that we felt good about ourselves. And so we'd, you know, score a couple goals. Mainly like he'd put the ball like next to the goal and we'd like drop it in and like do a little dance around, um, exhaust ourselves, go home. And like my mom would have dinner ready and like we'd all just like laugh and hang out. And like that was like growing up forever. So I played in the Bay Area through high school. I went to college in the Bay Area, uh, played club soccer there. And then moved back to the Bay Area for a little while and played in San Francisco until I came down to L.A. Did you have any professional teams that you supported in your youth? Um, well, I grew up, uh, I loved Barcelona, but I just watched a lot of like the, the national teams play. So actually talking about me and like I remember watching the women's national team play and loving that. I remember Ronaldo Ramos. So yeah. 
I mean, I loved watching anything I could growing up. Those and are so OGs, Winalda and Tab Ramos. I mean, yeah. just throwbacks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what was the soccer culture like for you in Northern California versus down here in Southern California? Like, did you f- see some similarities? Do you see anything that stands out to you that you can just say are total difference? Yeah, well, I think also the like where I was at in my life was really different. You know, when I was in the Bay Area, I was a lot younger. Here, I mean, as an adult, like I'm looking for a different experience. Like I'm looking to find people that I connect with. So, I mean, talking kind of about the Pride Republic. So, like, when I was younger, I wasn't out. Now I'm married. I'm married to a man. And one of the things that was important to me or something that was always on my mind was that I had this whole other life. Like, I wasn't out until I went to college. And I played this whole time. And it was really hard to have, like, this one life where I was on the field. And it's, you know, it's a, like, machismo world. You know, like, you want to be a part of the team. And to be a part of the team, like you are a member of the group. Like, you don't necessarily have your own identity. And there was a whole identity to myself that it didn't seem that anybody knew about that I wasn't telling people about. So I met a team in San Francisco right before I moved that was a gay team. And I started playing with them. And it was the first time that I could be, like, my true, genuine self on the field as well as off the field. And so I found, like, the connections that I had with the guys on that team were deeper than any of the relationships I had had with any other team just because they got me in a different way. And then I moved to L.A. And so at first I wasn't sure, like, what I was going to get. But I joined a team out of West Hollywood that is also a gay team. And ballers. Like, they're so good. And so it's a lot of fun because I'm not just playing with the team that I am that I connect with, but I'm also playing at a level that I remember only playing in college, which is really fun. They're not just good. They're world champion good. Perhaps yeah. you can tell us a little yeah. bit about that story. Yeah. So we go to tournaments um, all over the country throughout the year. Uh, so we go to tournaments in Vegas in January. We do New York in March, April. We host a tournament in September, and we go to San Francisco at the end of September. But every summer, there's a tournament that goes to different locations. So this last year, there's something called the Gay Games, which is essentially like the Gay Olympics. So it happens every four years. Teams come from all over the country, and so you go and play represent the club that you're from. And so my West Hollywood team went to this tournament, played round robin, got seated first, and made it all the way to the finals, and we beat Manchester in the finals. I went all the way to penalty kicks. But yeah, one gold for, for the States. Did you kick? I didn't. I was So we, we went to the sixth kicker, and I was number seven. Okay. So I would have been the next one, but we pulled it through. So then these gay games, is it not just soccer? It's a, Like you said, it's like the Olympics. So it's there's like a the bunch Olympics. of different... Everything is there. Yeah, so there's running, there's swimming, there's diving, there's basketball, there's volleyball. I mean, it's wow. really just like the Olympics. And Very it's cool. true, amateurs, like normal folk from... Yeah, so I mean, there's... So like when we play the round robin, when you get seated, you get put into four different divisions. So we got put into the first division, but there's second, third, fourth. And so... Um, just depending on your skill level, you get placed, you know, however it kind of matches up. But yeah, I mean, there's some people that, you know, have just picked up. And so they might get seated a little bit lower depending on their team. A lot of the guys on our team have played, I mean, throughout their whole lives. And what's really cool is, I mean, we've played now together, most of us, for probably like two or three years. I mean, some of us, like I've played since I moved here, so five and a half years. There's a few guys that have been on it since I started. So like we have like a really good connection yeah, and they're like my best friends. So deep understanding on the field and off the field. Yeah. Yeah. So, like when I got married, like, I mean, all of them were at my wedding, you know, like they are. And I think this kind of goes to like what makes LA different or what's made it partially different for me is like this is my family, you know. And I think that, you know, in thinking about what Pride Republic is, like we are, 
I mean, we're trying to be true to what LAFC is, right? We're trying to like be a part of the community. We're trying to show that there's this whole other part of the community that exists and making sure that there's a space for them um, on the field and like in the stadium and outside the stadium, just in the community at large. So five and a half years ago, you transitioned from Northern California to Southern California. Yeah. You start getting involved in the soccer, you know, scene through through the team in WeHo. At what point in time did LAFC enter the picture? And then how did that become Pride Republic? So I work actually with a nonprofit that's called Coaching Corps. And so we believe that every child should have the opportunity to play sports no matter where they're from. And we focus on youth and under-resourced communities, and it's all sports. And so I've worked with them. I'm just actually about to hit 11 years. And when I moved down here, my goal was to get L.A., but like Southern California, as large as possible, to create the largest impact. As LAFC was coming to be, um, we started connecting with the foundation. And so... You know, in talking with the foundation and their interest to, to really make, again, like an impact through the club, we were trying to find out, you know, ways that we could work with each other to support. And so that's how I started finding out about really the way in which LAFC was ingraining itself into the community. And like, I wanted to be a part of that. And one of the things that I didn't know at the time, but I wanted desperately, was a place that like I felt like I could be seen. You know, something that I took out of WeHo was that like there was a safe space for me, but also a space that was like something I could own. And like I wanted that for LAFC, or at least I wanted to be a part of that. And what I was lucky to find out is that Pride Republic had already started kind of rising to the surface. And so I reached out just to see if I could be a part of it. I'm actually on the board for our soccer club. And at the time I was the president, I was like, you know, I would love to get all of our members to be a part of this club. And like, if there's any way we can help grow it, you know, get the word out. Um, and so I started talking to Dex, who's at the time was the president of Pride Republic, just to see how I can get involved and started just, you know, doing as much as I could and getting some of the WeHo guys in to go to games. Oh, right on. So there's more than one team in LA, right? But since you arrived, you know, there's the Lakers, there's the Clippers, there's another team in LA that plays soccer and other sports. And did you not feel a connection to those teams? Because you are trying to coach kids around the city. And was there no connection that you felt with the team for the kids or for yourself before uh, LAFC? You started that integration to the community or that promotion to kind of have the community be involved with the club? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think, I mean, there's so many different sports, right? right. And I mean, it's fun to go, it's fun to go to a Dodgers game. It's fun to go, I just went to my first Kings match yeah. um, not too long ago. And What'd that was, think? it was bomb it was so much fun um it it just i mean such a different world than being on the soccer field right Right. like i have to be smart about like how i go against somebody else but you can definitely like you know put your body in there but like hockey is just it's just a whole new world so that was really that was fun to watch i mean i suppose like so my passion is soccer like i live breathe like my blood is soccer yeah i was looking for something that i could be a part of and something that like that i would appreciate and like be proud of there wasn't anything that really spoke to me like when i first moved here and so i didn't actually go to any games in la until lafc started and at first like actually didn't go to the first couple games and then i started talking to some friends and they're like you have to go and watch them play like it is it's so sick to see like how they move the ball around and honestly like the first game i went to like i'm so impressed with their style um, and I like you could see how they've developed, you know, through this through last season and going into this season. And it's fun to be just a fan, but then also to see like before every game that the pride flags are going out, like they're like truly like making space. And there I think there's four or five other clubs in the country within the LMLS that even have LGBT groups. And so to feel like they're 
intentionally making space, but also to be a part of a group that is emerging and like looking to, you know, find its path and be a part of that, like is just a really cool thing to, to be a part of. Let me ask you this though. So you, your friends sold you on the idea of trying to come to an LAFC match because of how the team performed on the field. So you went there to go to watch good, good soccer. Yeah. And then you ended up seeing the actual ambiance and the, the surrounding area that is the bank and the 3252 and all the chants. And so as a fan of soccer, you know, I'm sure you knew that there is soccer culture like this in Europe. But to have it here in L.A., like what what did that also then motivate you to, you know, want to be a part of it even more or... Yeah. I mean, I've gone. So, I mean, I played all I played all over. Right. And I played for a long time. I've watched games at Azteca in Mexico. Nice. Um, I went to see Boca um, in Argentina. And like so I've seen some like big games and like crowds are ridiculous. And like that's what kind of like it's one of the things that makes an experience. Like if someone if a team can like move a ball around like that's that's so fun to watch. And like pretty soccer is just is like its own magic. But to, like, be in a stadium where you see the fans, like, embrace, like, what's happening and feel so connected to the team and to not not just, like, see them chanting because, like, a chant is cool, but, like, it's just one thing. But you walk around the stadium and you see how connected the fans are to the team and to, like, the culture that exists. Like, that is such a cool thing. And it's, I mean, it's so fun to watch the 3252, like, you know, doing their different chants, the, um, like, when they start moving, like, side to side. Like, that, it's just fun. You know, and like, yeah, you see it like when you go to other countries, there's not a lot of places you see it in the States. You know, like watching, I remember watching the U.S. men's team play in Boston and like it was a it was a great game. Like I sat for most of the time. Like, I mean, like people just aren't cheering in the same way. You go to a LFC game and like people are up on their feet, like cheering the whole time, like going crazy. Also, like they're good. They're scoring. So like there's a lot to cheer about. But it's different. It's a different experience. I feel like it. I mean, you feed the the players on the pitch. Like it, mm-hmm. it fuels them, right? And like going back to what you said that you're a Barcelona fan. Like there's some things that the counter pressing and like the possession style yeah. and the attacking. I think there's a style that was brought. I think the team did a good thing in terms of embracing and cultivating the culture and making sure that the communities were involved from the outset, mm-hmm. all communities, and then also bringing a coach that also had an offensive style that was uh, going to be pretty soccer because it is entertainment at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you're giving the audience a chance to participate and then also you're putting on a performance mm-hmm. on the field. So it's very LA, but at the same time, it's also very grassroots. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's unique to the city in terms of how they've been able to couple those two things together. Yeah, uh, I don't think any of the other teams, sports teams here have been able to do that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I mean, I, don't get me wrong, like, I do love their playing. I mean, it's, yeah, just, it's yeah, fun to watch, yeah. and I'm definitely going for the soccer, but the rest of it definitely makes, makes it as Cherry well. Cherry on top, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you join Pride Republic. Where do they typically meet up to watch games, and where are their memberships sort of based out of? Members are all over, all over L.A. I live in Hollywood. I know there's members that are in Silver Lake. There's people in Eagle Rock. There's guys that are guys and women that are down in Long Beach. So, I mean, we really represent the full community. In terms of games, so we meet up on the northeast end, like right behind the 3252 um, at halftime, every single game that's home. Yeah, and like really it's, most of the people are sitting in different sections So during the game. So at halftime we come together, you know, get a picture, cheers, have another drink, and then go back and watch the rest of the game. Away yeah. games? Do you guys get together for away games? We do. So we have a bar that sponsors us in West Hollywood called High Tops. So it's a sports oh, bar. Nice. So it's they play. A cool bar. Yeah, 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 it's an awesome yeah, bar. Yeah. Um, so they play 
all of the away games for us. Almost all the time they're actually playing with like the the sound on. They actually also sponsor our soccer team. So what's cool is that you get $2 off of your well drinks and your well cocktails if you wear an LAFC shirt or if you are wear a West Hollywood Soccer Club shirt. Oh, there you go. Hook I was about to ask you what the name of it. West, West Hollywood, Hollywood Soccer, Soccer Club. Club. Nice. Yeah. Shout and out so to them. The, is, it, is this bar in West Hollywood and, uh, on the list of official bars that the club... It is. There you yep. go. Very cool. So, yeah. So, if you know, if you're ever in the West Hollywood area or in the Hollywood area and you're looking for a bar, then High Tops is a place to go. And if you're looking to meet up with Pride Republic at any time during the games, it's halftime on the northeast corner just at the side of the 3252. So, you've been heavily involved with Pride Republic. Well, why don't you walk us through the inception of it? Like, at one point, it didn't exist. So, were you involved when it first started becoming established or... No, so I joined, um, I probably joined maybe half of the season in. So I know, like, the the reason that the team existed was that it, it really came, like, from the fans. Like, there's a group of people that that saw that there was this gap, you know, that saw that there was a gap in, like, who was being represented. And so, you know, they started talking to who they could, um, started talking to 3252, started talking to the field office with LAFC, and just asking, like, you know, how do we make this a thing? Right now, we are not an official group. Like, we're working on becoming an official supporters group. Um, and that's really just because, like, we want to do it right. We want to make sure that we have, like, a solid group of people that are behind it. And what's fun is, like, I mean, it exists. So my soccer club, the West Hollywood Soccer Club, has about 100 people. And, like, every single one of them. Like, we're going to high tops after our practices um, or after our games um, Saturday or Sunday. And then um, anybody else, you know, who's in the group is coming out. 100 people that's that's significant it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty good group so we have two teams that are playing in the la muni league and then we have another team that plays within zog sports and it's men and women so it's not um specific to any gender so wait, what's i'm not familiar with these so what's zogs and what's the la zog is like a co-ed league i we, i have a team on la sportsnet similar oh yeah, yeah we yeah. played on la sportsnet before yeah, too yeah. So. yeah and so la muni is just like la rec and park but it's oh. for adults. Yeah. And so it's split up into, again, like a couple different divisions. So my team plays in the second from the top division. So I believe it's it's the Metro division. Yeah. So the this team that, that you're saying that, that plays in the, the second to the top division, this is the team that went and travels yeah, throughout, went to, throughout the country and, and yeah. internationally on uh, every four years. Yeah. And so this team, so depending on the tournament, so we go to some tournaments that are like 7v7, 5v5. And so not everybody on the team can go. But it's the team that we pull from. And then we have a couple other teams that also will send out to play in different divisions within those tournaments as well. And then speaking of 5v5, you were in the support. You Your team was in the Supporters' Cup also, right? We were in the Supporters' Cup. Now, are these the players that you had on that team? They, they are. are from your West Hollywood Soccer Club team? Yep. So, I mean, at this point, it's synonymous with they're West Hollywood Soccer Club players, but also members of Private Republic. But yeah, and we got second place at the Supporters Cup this year. Yeah. So now, next was, year, first place, yeah. like was, without was, question. First year showing is not too bad. I, yeah. Yeah. This was your first. This was your first year competing. It was the first year competing, and because we didn't plan on it, I think we only found out about it a couple weeks before, like two weeks before, and a whole bunch of our players actually went out of town. So we only had six players there, so we didn't really have any subs. And one of the guys in the second game dislocated his shoulder. So we popped it back into place after that happened, and then he played the rest of the time, but just subbed out. A I'm more. fierce in that, fierce and fabulous. <laughs> yeah, Good thing is no hands in this part. Man, I know. I, I'm really wondering if this podcast team that we're planning on having, well, like... Well, I there's mean, two divisions. There's a Gordo division, which is... Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I think you just can come out and practice with our team on Saturdays. There you go. You know, 
just get your ball touch on back yeah. whatever it may be yeah. <laughs> and then and then you can go out I just or just or you could also just join Pride Republic. Play for us. I don't think we're yeah. gonna have to worry about playing too many games. I'm pretty sure we'll get eliminated pretty quick there. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, some of these other pods out there bring some better game. I don't. I, don't know. I, I mean, there, I think. I mean, there's plenty of pods, and there's if you get one or two to fill up. Well, I, right. game, I, I, yeah, think, I think you know fine. Christian and Jr. have all said, and then uh, uh, Schwartz and. Uh, Buns and Spike. Yeah, everyone wants to be a goalkeeper. I mean, everybody. Oh, yeah, everyone's talking about wanting to play goalkeeper, but it's. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I, I I think Jerry plays too, right? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I just so, want Max Max and Vince to play. Why not? I think yeah. we're really gonna need uh, Harvey, Beta, and Zimmerman, though. I mean, to yeah, hey, they have podcasts. Yeah, add, yeah. <laughs> add, them, add them to the add them to the squad. That's gonna be our ringers. That's the only way we have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But uh, no, it, it's uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. But yeah, so yeah. we'll see we'll see how we do next year, man. If we right. if we end up getting uh, seated against you guys, uh, yeah, we're coming for you. We're taking yeah. you down. I just, <laughs> I just expect you to like really bring it with with your uniforms because this year we did crop tops for our team because like we had to fully represent. So. I'm just saying, I don't need to know what it is now, but I want to know what it's going to be then. So start thinking about it. Well, there's, there's been some dialogue back and forth about yeah, the there uniforms. Is. I think we're more There's a lot of ideas, <laughs> not a lot of, like, playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I think you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Though, so. I, think, I think Jonathan's right. I think we're all more concerned with what the uniform's going to look like <laughs> yeah. and, how, and, how, and how good we're going to look because we know that we're not going to play very well. Yeah, yeah. So are you still involved in youth leadership? Um, is that something that you're still passionate about? Yeah, well, so with the organization I work with, we actually are partnering with YLP, so the Youth Leadership Program associated with LAFC. Um, and what we're doing is we are training the youth leaders that they have, as well as finding extra volunteers to work with Breezy, which is where they're situated from. The organization I work with, I mean, it's focused on youth and, you know, mentorship. And, I mean, that's my passion. You know, like, I mean, I mentioned before that soccer is so much a part of who I am, and Soccer for me, I mean, soccer for me has gotten me to this place. You know, like I, I've been a captain a number of years for a couple different teams. And like the leadership opportunities from that, the voice that I found within myself, the confidence that I found within myself. I mean, that all came from soccer, the family, you know, like I'm really close with my parents and my sister. But, you know, being not out is a really lonely thing. And finding a group of people who are like you, who've gone through similar things, like that really allows for a connection. And then on top of it, to find a group of people who have done that, that play soccer, like I have found a family that will be with me forever. So like it's, I, I think what I'm looking to give and what I hope to give through my work to youth and leadership um, is really me kind of paying back from what I got from soccer and from sports growing up. And so that's why it's just my payback. It's beautiful. And if anyone is uh, curious about the LAFC YLP, I would point you in the direction of perhaps episodes 18 and 19 of Shoulder yeah. to Shoulder Podcast. <laughs> Those are great episodes. Just dropped, <laughs> just dropped this week. Yeah. No, and what I will say, too, for, for these young leaders, it's good for them to be exposed. LA is already a very diverse city, but, you know, in those areas that they grow up, it isn't necessarily open um, to this community, right? So being being exposed to that and, you know, letting them see that everyone's a person and everyone brings a lot to the table and not having these things confined to your thought process um, is important. So the fact that you, you know, partner with the, the Brazil Foundation and the YLP is also a great tool for them to to know to know what what kind of things are out there. Uh, everyone has a skill set, and then everyone can contribute in a very meaningful way, given the opportunity. 
Definitely, definitely. And I think that, you know, you one of the amazing things about Pride Night is you don't know you don't know the story about everybody even in your own family, let alone like your neighbor or the people in your community. And so creating a space for everyone to feel comfortable is important. Um, and with Pride Night not knowing everyone's backstory, like it creates a very specific space that I think is so essential um, because it's it's scary. It's scary being on the side of, you know, not being out and not necessarily being, feeling comfortable to be yourself. And the fact that LAFC has stepped up so much and created a night and embraced it so much, um, I think is a really special thing. So you're not only an ambassador to these kids for the game, you're an ambassador for Pride Republic and, and your entire community. Um, so how did those things lead to your current role with Pride Republic as one of the directors? I mean, honestly, like, I think that for what all all the things that you just mentioned have given to me, you know, it comes from meeting people. It comes from conversations and learning about, you know, other people's experiences and what got them to this place. And so my role within Pride Republic is, I'm, so I'm the director of events. And so literally, like, my job is to create the space where people can hang out and meet. Um, and so, like, one of the things or a couple of things that we're doing is, for Pride Night, we'll be doing a tailgate that starts at 5.30, so anybody can come over. We're, we're going to have cornhole and a couple other games so people can play. Um, you know, then we'll... Actually, the West Hollywood Soccer Club is going to be walking the American flag out. Um, a couple of us will be walking the Pride flags out. And then what's another level of just incredible from the club is that, you know, they are helping us pull together just space and time to march in uh, We Hope Pride. And so, like, we'll be representing Pride Republic, LAFC, and the West Hollywood Soccer Club, like, that collaboration um, within the march just to show, I think, unity, but also just, like, how unifying, like, soccer can be within, like, this Los Angeles community. Have you done the flag ceremony before? Uh, we actually did it last year. We did it as a, like, pre, like, setup to going to gay games in Paris. And so this is kind of, like, the culmination. Like, we did it. So hopefully there's going to be a picture of us with the gold medals. Oh, and that's the awesome. Trophy. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, I was privileged enough to be able to carry the pride flag out last season, which was a really beautiful moment for me. I was wearing the pink Guy Fox mask, and uh, uh, it was uh, it was a really cool moment to be able to carry the pride flag out there. And I can only that's imagine, awesome. um, you know, that's uh, that was a pretty awesome moment for me. And so hopefully, yeah, I mean, anyone who ever gets a chance to be a part of the flag ceremony, I know that Pride Republic uh, does a competition where you can earn a spot to be someone who uh, waves the flag. You can enter um, by reaching out to the supporters group. Yep. I'm pretty sure uh, you enter into a contest, you tell them a little bit about your story, and then they actually get to help select the people involved in the flag ceremony. Can you speak yep. to that? Yeah, well, so it's an awesome nomination process. So yeah, I think you actually said it perfectly. So you, you, know, you can send information about anybody, so it doesn't have to be about yourself. You give a little bit about, about their backstory, people vote. Um, and then they get to represent at one of the different games. And, you know, what was awesome is that, you know, we tried to really try to match it up with like whatever the theme is. So we actually had we had two uh, women march out the flags with uh, Women's Day. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a really cool honor. I mean, there's two flags. And so what we try to do is showcase the people a little bit before the game and then show some pictures afterwards, you know, just to um, show how special not only that moment, but also like the people who are bringing the flags out are as well. It's really cool that it has come so far. You know, this statement of inclusion that the club has stuck by is a pretty amazing thing. So with all that we've accomplished in, you know, a year and a half on the pitch, a few years in the community, where do you see Pride Republic and this partnership with LAFC going in the next few years? I mean, I think it can go, 
I mean, honestly, so many different places. I, there's some selfish things that I want, and there's some things that I think, you know, will just get bigger than they already are. I think what we're already doing with the flags coming out, like just that visual and what it creates for the stadium and all the fans, I think that in itself is just monumental. I would love, you know, I. I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, the TIFO that's coming out for this game is going to be bomb. So be excited for that. I've heard things, yeah. I've seen it. It's awesome. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking, it's better. So, (laughs) like, it will be be amazing. It will be fun. Guaranteed to be the most fabulous TIFO we have I mean, without without question, obviously. I'm actually excited about making this statement. Like, I don't know where it's going to go. Like, I mean, I think I've been impressed with every step that it's taken. And the fact that they're open to be to ideas and being more and more creative, I think, is really exciting. I'm excited for the for the group to become official and to see how how much just the community embraces it. Because um, I think that I, whether or not people are surprised by it, I, I think there's a lot of people that will either identify as an LGBTQ individual or an ally. And I don't think that there is any reason not to support. Pride Republic, as well as supporting another group. And so it'll be interesting to see like how that develops over time. And then on top of it, I'm really interested to see how more and more our soccer club integrates. Because I mean, we're the we're the oldest and only LGBT soccer club in Los Angeles. And so like who better to be a part of LAFC than that club? And so just over time I'm looking to figure out how to, you know, work with our board and like integrate it more and more so that we can represent not only like West Hollywood but LA and, you know, the community that supports LAFC as we go to tournaments internationally and domestically. So you mentioned earlier that there are five other uh, MLS teams that have a pride fan base. Have you heard from any of those people? Is there any sense of community amongst rival teams, pride support groups to try and, you know, maybe foster, uh, you know, other supporters groups within clubs that don't have one already? Or is there a partnership, um, you know, kind of like there's the the supporters uh, all have a council that they sit on. Is, is there any efforts in that regard? To my knowledge, there isn't anything yet. What's interesting is I actually, so being from the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area, I got an email from somebody who's trying to start something up with the earthquakes in San Jose. And so I do know that there is, there's some reaching out that happens, um, but because there's so few groups, everyone's kind of figuring it out for themselves and trying to just touch base to see what's working, what's not. An interesting other fact is, so LA, so the West Hollywood Soccer Club is the oldest group in LA. There's a whole bunch of other gay soccer clubs that exist across the country. And so like one of, so maybe this is thinking like two to five years, is to figure out how to partner all those different clubs with the MLS teams that exist. So there's a San Francisco club that exists, obviously, in the San Francisco Bay Area. There's teams that exist in Boston. There's teams that exist in D.C. So, I mean, like, there's there's teams that are all over. So I think, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, what develops over time because, I mean, there's gays everywhere, you know? And so... Um, it'll be, I think it'll be fun to see how the MLS and specifically like the different city teams really embrace their full community and then how they create a space for them. The fact that LAFC is the one who's really kind of leading it, I think is just a special thing and just showcases LA a little bit more. And this shows the teams, there's a case study to be said now that's proven, you know, um, there's a way to do it. Uh, I know that each city's different in different ways, but there's, there's a way to embrace this community and give them a space on 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 the field before the game and also just allowing them to be themselves at the stadium. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I definitely mean, there, agree. There's pride gear available in HQ, LAFC branded gear. I mean, that's not something 10 years ago 
you know, that was available. I, you know, I mean, it, it's just such a beautiful thing to see that. I mean, and, and they're constantly coming out with new stuff, whether it's, you know, scarves, uh, you know, I mean, all the various gear that's available at HQ um, for people to rep LAFC and, and rep Pride out in the community is uh, it's a pretty amazing thing that we see. So what other things are going on with Pride Republic currently? Do you guys have anything going on that you'd like to get out there for the community? I'd say, like, for now, I mean, really, like, we're in, like, full stride getting ready for Pride Night this Friday. Um, and then the march, so the Pride March for in WeHo starts or is on June 9th. So those are, like, the biggest events that we have coming up. Oh, I didn't realize that the yeah. Pride game was kind of coincided with the, the is it, it's Pride Week, right? Or it's a... The, so the it's so month, Pride yeah. Month yeah. is all of June, and the only oh. reason this this is Pride game is because there's no games in June. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do a, a like an open cup game yeah. for Pride Night. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. But I'm just because there's the there, there's it's um I used to I used to work in like the West Hollywood West LA area, and yeah. so like I I just I remember that you know Pride it was a week right. Pride well, week so there's is, Pride Weekend. Which is the essentially it's like the seventh, eighth, and ninth of June, uh-huh. and so at least in West Hollywood. So uh, Long Beach just had their Pride this last weekend. So I mean, like it's going to start going on in like mm-hmm. all the different parts, uh, different parts of LA, and also different parts of like Southern California and mm-hmm. country world. Palm so Springs. if listenership is interested in these events, is reaching out to you guys uh, Instagram or what's the best way to get? Yeah, you well, guys? I'd say Instagram is the best way. Like we're definitely we've already started posting some teasers for the tailgate party that we'll have with Pride Night. Um, we'll quickly turn to the March, and then we'll be doing tailgates as well as view parties at high tops um, throughout the rest of the season. And so, like, this is we're getting ready kind of, you know, for our big things since it's going into Pride Month. But then after that, like, we're not going to slow down. And hopefully, like, you know, more and more people will learn about us and start coming out. And, you know, we'll just ride that wave and, and find more opportunities for people to hang out and get to meet each other. So obviously people can rock the LAFC rainbow gear by going to HQ, but Pride Republic also has some pretty sweet gear as well, too. Yeah. Is that something that's currently available? What do you guys have offering? And how would a listener who's interested in sporting some Pride Republic gear like this sweet track jacket and shirt that I'm rocking currently right here at the moment, uh, how would they be able to get something like this? Yeah, so I'd say, like, try to keep it consistent. So I think go to the Instagram, so LAFC Pride Republic, and you can see, you know, what is available. And then from there, like, we are definitely going to try to have some stuff um, at the tailgate, and then we'll try to make more opportunities as they come as well. You know, one of our focal points on this podcast is to always talk about what shoulder-to-shoulder means to you. And I think that you can definitely talk on, on on a greater what shoulder to shoulder means to you because of how this club has accepted everything that you know all the different cultures and all the different view, vantage points and so just you know what does what does shoulder to shoulder I think mean the, to you? So the best example that I can give for it. So I was playing a soccer game right when I so I lived out of the country for a while, moved back, was playing in a soccer game, um, and broke through the defense, and the goalie was coming out, and I looked to chip the ball over him. I jump up as soon as I hit the floor is when the goalie lands in my ankle. He cracks my leg, and so I had a, a six-inch spiral fracture on Ooh. my fibula. Um, in the center of that was a compound fracture where it looked like it just exploded. I tore all the ligaments in my ankle, chipped a bone. Like, I couldn't... It was so bad that I couldn't walk for two weeks, or I couldn't do anything for two weeks um, because the swelling was so bad, and then I had surgery, and then I had to wait another two weeks before I can get a cast on. Um, and so the reason I tell that story is for me, like shoulder to shoulder is like you are you are next to the people that are that are your family. Like you are like going to battle with somebody and like there's no space because like you're that 
close, you're that tight. Like you're marching together. And like when I when I broke my leg, so I couldn't I couldn't play soccer for the first time in my life for eight months because I couldn't walk and then I was on crutches and just the whole thing. Um, and then I was doing rehab. And every day, like my soccer team was there. Like there was a different player coming in to just hang out. There's a different player coming in to like bring me some food, watch some like lame thing on TV. Um, I had some soccer players like drive me to work just so like I could not lose my job, even though I wasn't. But like it was the family that I had, you know, that made that. And I think when I learned about LAFC and now that I've, I've been a part of it, like I, f- I feel that sense of community. Like I feel like there's people that are like by your side that are creating space for you no matter where you're from and that like you're not alone. Like that people are marching with you shoulder to shoulder and like you're going for a common goal. Like you're going for something and it's and it's not just you. I think that's great. I think that, that that's a great one. A great that's way well to said, yeah. You know, and I mean you can look at it all across the way LAFC handles everything, you know. Whether it's a thirty two fifty two at an away day and all the all the different supporter groups are marching up through the tunnel like the the, the image of uh San Jose just sticks in my mind, you know, and it's just uh it's just great. It's yeah, great well, stuff. No, I'm thinking of Portland. Portland. No, yeah. Seattle. Seattle. Seattle when we Think were marching Seattle. up the uh, other side. All the, of the rivals. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the team the club is very thoughtful and inclusive and you know, that's that's doesn't need to be said anymore. We just want to. We all want to say thank you again to Chris for taking the time out to tell us your story, especially on the lead up to the Pride match, which is going to be this Friday at seven thirty at the Bank. LAFC takes on Montreal, and uh, you know, like we've said at the end of an, any, all of our episodes, if you have a story that you want to tell, or if you're interested in coming on, you know, reach out to us. Social media, email. You know, we, we do respond and we do listen and we do want to get to everybody's story. And it is match by match, fan by fan, story by story. We would love to hear from you guys. You know, uh, listen, rate and leave comments about our episodes and uh, we'll be in touch. We'll be at the pot. We will all all three of us will actually be at the uh, game this upcoming Friday, too. So if you we do have pins. Yes, we have pins. Pins and stickers are uh, back. So if you guys are interested in any of those, uh, be sure to hit us up. So. Yeah, LAFC S2S. Yeah, LAFC so Pride Republic. There LAFC, is, LAFC Pride Republic. So, yeah, definitely, guys, do not miss the game this Friday just for the TIFO alone. It's going to be amazing. Uh, there is a giveaway, I believe, to the first 10,000. 20,000. Uh, 20,000. Oh, so everyone 20, gets the giveaway. I saw something that said 20,000. I could be wrong. Uh, so there is a Pride-related giveaway. I know the Pride pin from last year was one of the most highly coveted giveaways. No, this one's a, a, it's it's a, a captain's, captain's armband. Arm yeah, yeah, Right. That was oh. last year was the pin, so this year's the captain's armband. So that's, that's going to be cool. a pretty sweet one, uh, just like the ones they're wearing out there on the pitch. So. Definitely don't want to miss a chance to support the team and support our community uh, this Friday at the bank. With that being said, thank you so much for driving out from Hollywood all the way out here to Shoulder to Shoulder Studios. We really appreciate that Uh, from all of us here uh, at Shoulder to Shoulder. uh, Hopefully we have a a really successful, fun, prideful weekend. With that, take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder, together this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us old mommy, about to drop her fifth. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.